This week on Hyperspace Broadcast, Terry's High School gets some screen time. Welcome back to Hyperspace Broadcast, a show where two real friends dig through Toonami's back catalog, trying to determine what, if anything, is worth revisiting. I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And this week we're continuing our coverage of Batman Beyond uh, with the first 13 episodes of Season 2. Season 2 is the odd one out of the show in that it's 26 episodes as opposed to Seasons 1 and 3, which are each 13. Uh, so we're splitting it in half. And... Yeah, season two is kind of interesting. There's, I would say, a couple of departures, maybe, from some of the stuff set up in season one. Uh, but we'll get to that pretty quickly. First, yeah. just to, you know, obviously, once again, this is a show without any real consistent plot line. However, there is one specific wrinkle that happens uh, very early on in this season, which is that one of Terry's friends, a girl named Maxine Gibson, who is referred to as Max, uh, basically figures out that he's Batman because a she's smart, she, she's a genius. Yeah, yeah, well, she's a she's a super genius, but also like it, it's kind of funny because it seems like the program that she devises to do this just kind of cross references like people who are frequently having to go somewhere all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. Terry is, of course, at the top of the list. But uh, we'll we'll talk about that episode in detail more in a moment. Before that, let's just move on to our Zeniths and Nadirs. Peter, what was your favorite episode of this uh, block? Uh, my favorite episode was episode 10, Mind Games. This is a psychic episode, which is pretty neat, uh, because I love psychic shit. I'm learning about myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it starts with Terry. He, like, rescues some people from a car accident, and they get out of the car, and it's, like, these these two adults and this little girl. And this girl is, like, just kind of stares at him and kind of has, like, a, a sad look on her face. And uh, then he, like, just goes and does is, like, working on his test, and he's, like, trying to remember <laughs> the order of presidents uh after clinton yeah right of course says, and then after clinton there was the boring one which is pretty interesting because at that point we didn't have bush yet yeah <laughs> like, right of course yeah so it's kind of funny because it's like this show this season aired in like the, the like late 1999 early 2000s so they were pretty much in the heat of the uh bush gore uh race <laughs> so i guess yeah whoever the boring one was won that one yeah, and, I'm, uh, I'm assuming they were pulling for Gore, given that he had a reputation for being incredibly boring at the time. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> now, and, obviously, everyone knows that Al Gore is a hardcore party animal. He no longer has a reputation for being boring, yeah. that's for sure. He's, like, focusing on this test, too, and it's great. And then suddenly just the girl he saw before appears before him and, like, walks toward him. And she's like, help me. You have to help me. Please help me. <laughs> help me please and he's like what the fuck am i seeing and then she just keeps repeating like the message just keeps happening at him over and over again and she just keeps like appearing before him and walking in front of him and uh <laughs> it understandably fucks him up in the test 
but like he, you know, he brings all that to Batman. Like, uh, I don't know what's happening. And then he kind of figures out that it's like a psychic message. And uh, he starts to talk back to her and like, you know, respond. And she's like, uh, she's like, oh, my name's Tamara. And uh, he's like, oh, where are you? And she warps reality around him to like show where she is, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, they do yeah. some like fun effects in this episode for like the psychic mind bending stuff. Yeah, this is definitely another episode where it's like, hey, it's animation. We can do anything. So Yeah, right. Fucking have the psychic make a window out of like the boat cabin that she's in so that Terry can look out this window and see the pier yeah. that they're on. Like there's a lot yeah, of that really kind of cool. stuff. And, it, and like it, I love how it goes and helps with the investigation aspect of it too. Like this episode kind of has just a lot of that stuff that I like. I love the investigation stuff. There's like a secret yeah, organization. Right. There's weird people with like weird superpowers but it's not it's they don't they're not like superheroes they're just kind of like i mean they're villains in this case but they're you know yeah but they I, seem I, like something... regular people they're not like yeah. costume super villains really exactly and I, I think that's really cool there's one part where he like goes into this this like school that is kind of just a fake school that they this organization uses to recruit people and uh there's just this like this old man sitting in one of the rooms just silently and and terry like walks in and just approaches him and suddenly just completely so like his mind just goes starts going crazy and he starts like screaming and it's like really intense as the guy's like psychically attacking him and it it's awesome it just be, they have this like whole psychic battle where like terry kind of has to realize that it's mind over matter in this situation and he ha can't like trust what he's seeing and has to kind of just feel it out and uh it's really cool. I really love the animation of this episode. I think it's like one of my favorite uh, aspects of it. They do some fun stuff in the fights. There's like a woman with pyrokinesis. And then there's this one dude who kind of looks like Freddy from Scooby-Doo, but ripped. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like a blonde dude with like kind of a weird haircut. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like completely invulnerable just because like using mind over matter i guess he's like such a powerful psychic that he's just his body is invulnerable to damage because he could just ignore the pain i guess yeah right and also like which is invulnerable enough sense, that he can be pretty cool <laughs> yeah that he can be thrown off the top of a fucking building and just yeah, be fine yeah. <laughs> yeah you love those moments where where uh terry just like accidentally kills someone it's like oh shit and then he like gets up and it's like oh okay we're good <laughs> it's like good except also like oh shit that guy's invincible apparently yeah right <laughs> so yeah I, I thought this was a fun episode um it, it had everything that i want from a batman episode you know it's like a good investigation uh some fun weird crazy stuff happening and good combat and animation so mm -hmm. i was really happy with it my favorite episode is uh, episode six blood sport uh basically the idea of this episode is that there is like a big game hunter slash poacher uh, named Stalker, who is, or, you know, he has decided that Batman is the ultimate prey, so he's come to Gotham oh, yeah. to hunt Batman. It's a very classic uh, superhero, supervillain kind of setup, really. Yeah, and it's like, you know, man, the ultimate prey. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it, it all goes back to the most dangerous game, obviously. But, yeah. you know, in this case, it's kind of funny because it's another, like, People have pointed out that this show has some serious parallels with Spider-Man in a lot of ways that are kind of weird. I mean, aside from the obvious, just like, oh, they're both superheroes in high school. 
yeah, you know, there's you have to balance that. Yeah, there's other stuff too. I mean, they both, you know, only have their remaining uh, female guardian. Their male guardian died in a way that like taught them to be a better person, mm, etc. Yeah. This guy is basically Craven. Uh, <laughs> Craven is also a hunter who wants to hunt Spider Man to prove that he's the best hunter in the world. Oh, uh, nice. So yeah, why the... Spider Man is the ultimate prey though? I, I don't mean, fucking I... know. <laughs> Batman is like a master of of martial arts and technology and shit like i can kind of get that spider-man in particular like i get he's really good at what he does and he can fly around i mean I, I, I you're get... you're asking me to justify the logic of a spider-man villain i'm not <laughs> sure i can really do that not only a spider-man villain but a guy who wears a vest made out of a lion's face like yeah come on well, <laughs> what do you why, want from why me goblin bombs <laughs> i don't fucking know because <laughs> the green goblin is like i know so little about spider-man i can't even bullshit up an, an excuse <laughs> answer like i just don't know i'm sorry I'm so what did you like about this episode failing utterly here uh so i mean generally speaking this is an episode like i'll, I'll get into this later but this season has uh quite a few like high school focused episodes which i generally didn't like as much uh, this is more of this feels like a first season episode in a lot of ways. It's mm -hmm. introducing a new villain. Pretty much the entire plot is centered around the interactions between that villain and Terry, uh, which is always kind of nice. Yeah. And then like there's I mean, really, the reason I like this episode and the reason I picked it is because there's a sequence where Stalker is like talking about his backstory and how he was hunting like a panther that fucking tore him up. And then he got some surgery that made him super strong, and he went back and killed the panther with his bare hands. Yeah, got uh, cybernetic. Yeah, right. And that whole flashback sequence is done in this really cool, like silhouette style. Yeah, it, you know, it kind of reminds me of the uh, what is it? it? Reminds me of Samurai Jack when they would yeah, switch things it, up. It, it does remind me of that, but I was thinking it reminds me a lot of I think it's the Rankin Bass Lord of the Rings like animated movies. Oh really? Where in the, the beginning, Hobbit? yeah, it's it's not the Hobbit, but the Lord of the Rings one specifically. In the beginning, they have like the story of how Smeagol got the ring, and for some reason, it's all in silhouettes, and it's very similar to my vague, vague memories of that. So I don't nice. know. Hey, you know what? Those would be good mini soaps. Yeah, maybe they're they're pretty disturbing to look at, to be honest, but. Uh... <laughs> I guess at some point that might be worth doing. I, I actually remember a lot about those movies. I swear to God, we watched them in like elementary school too, like just nice. in a class, which yeah. makes no sense to me now that I think about it, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, I mean, basically I think the flashback is really cool. Like it's really stylish in a way that obviously the show does with some frequency, but still it's cool to see. Yeah. Um and then also it's just like a it's a villain origin episode. It's a it's another rogues gallery entry and that's always kind of fun. And generally it stands above like the Terry's friend has a problem episodes <laughs> that are a lot of them this block. One well, the the final fight with him is really awesome too cuz like he's like going into this guy's this guy's like amazing like penthouse and it's full of just crazy traps. Yeah, right. And there's like a big like jungle garden basically outside yeah. the penthouse that they're fighting in. And then yeah, it's you know, really cool. Like Stalker has like a cyber eye 
that he can use to track people and it gets messed up and then he's hallucinating the Batman as the Panther that attacked him. Yeah. At the yeah. end. Like, yeah. No, it's it's pretty cool. Like, there's a lot of fun stuff this episode generally. Uh what was your least favorite episode? My least favorite episode was episode two oh nine, or season two, episode nine. Uh rats. <laughs> yeah. Rats, this episode is not very good. This episode's like okay. It's not terrible, but it's it's an interesting episode where uh Dana and Terry get in a fight because always, you know, Terry's doing Terry is doing some kind of Batman chore and then he uh <laughs> yeah, and always stands breaks up Dana. his date. It, this episode made me feel real sorry for him and like for th- for them too. It's like a relationship. It's just yeah, like Yeah, yeah, Dana definitely suffers from what I've called the Skylar White syndrome in the past, where (laughs) she is like the protagonist's, you know, significant other who doesn't get to be involved in the fun adventures and is therefore kind of just, you know, like, oh, just shut up, Dana, let Terry do cool Batman stuff. But it's like, well, no, she kind of has a point. He's being being a total asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Just constantly standing her up and giving her basically no excuse all the time yeah. yeah exactly just like i had work <laughs> it's like well cell phones like pretty much don't exist in this universe i realize like they kind of do no, but terry characters... definitely has a cell phone I f- he gets I feel like he's never Bruce occasionally but he never calls dana and is like oh sorry i'm not gonna be able to be there it's just like he has to arrive late half the time <laughs> yeah you know? i guess that's true like, there's this is a world without any cell phone etiquette. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because they didn't have it when they they didn't have as many cell phones around when they like yeah, produced in, this in show. In fairness, I, I suspect that uh, some of that is also that it's a lot more interesting to have Terry show up late and yeah. talk to Dana instead of calling her constantly being like, sorry, Just, Dana, can't make it again yeah, tonight. Texting her memes or some shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> An image of him being late. <laughs> <laughs> Just texting her a photo of him with like the bat suit on, just shrugging like, sorry. <laughs> God of Batman. You know, but he's, he's still like, I'm not Batman, though. It's just like, you know how <laughs> yeah, it's Batman just cosplay. You know, it's cool. It's, it's just a funny Batman meme. <laughs> uh. But, yeah, and so she, and then she ends up going, you basically find out she's being stalked by this, like, rat dude. <laughs> she, like, yeah. she, she ends up getting uh, kidnapped by this rat guy who just, like, is like, an ugly looking kid who is kind of looks like he's part rat and there's not really an explanation he's just really ugly yeah no he he's got some kind of facial deformity that makes him he, he, kind of have a rat face and he controls rats also because of this deformity i guess <laughs> yeah i so, I, always, I kind of figured that he just trained them because he lives in the sewers with them less true. than it is like he has some psychic control but so yeah he's got all these rodents of unusual size and yeah. <laughs> uh he's just fucking apparently kidnaps women and regularly like it tries to get them to be like hey hey i want you to love me uh i, I just like, I, I, I see all the girls get stood up out there and i i just want to take them in and be like you know i'll love you in and fairness then- <laughs> you're extrapolating a bit because what he says is that he collects lost things or unloved things and he has yeah, like a whole but- collection of shit and later he says that Apparently, Dana is not the first person that he's taken. I don't yeah. think it's ever directly stated that he's only taken women, though. I My, my impression was that it was just other kids who are, you know, left behind or whatever. But he's definitely in love with her. Well, yeah, obviously. He leaves her white and, uh, roses and shit. Right. And so... <laughs> 
And then, like, Dana has to escape on her own. Like, Batman's kind of trying to find where he is. She tries to escape on her own. And, like, the entire episode, she's in this, like, really short dress. And it's, like, it's this is definitely, like, the horniest Batman and the, yeah, the horniest yeah, DCAU sure. thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so far, <laughs> like, anyway. It's just, like, yeah, it's, like, very... It, it borders on like anime levels of horniness, where it's like, oh, at check times, out this character. Yes. <laughs> she's losing her clothes. Oh, her clothes getting ripped too. Oh my god! And now she's like getting wet. Oh, dude! And it's like <laughs> that escalation just keeps happening through the episode, and it just made me laugh. It's just like, oh, yeah, this it is, is ridiculous. What, what I also find very funny about this, which is such a stupid detail, but like. Dana is planning on meeting Terry at this chilly place. And so (laughs) before she goes out, she puts on this like kind of like slinky little white dress. I was like, Dana, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to get chilly on that dress. Like, come on. It's a bold move to go to a chilly place. You're not going to like a fine dining establishment. You're not going to a club or anything either. Chilly hut. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what the the hell? It's a terrible choice of clothing. So yeah, it's it's another episode where like a villain dies by happenstance. Like of course, there's uh, a bunch of toxic waste that's super flammable, and it happens to catch on fire during a fight when Batman comes down to like rescue her, and it just explodes and kills Ratfink, whatever his name is. I call him Ratfink. Uh, the <laughs> and like as he flies out, it's like this is this just after we learned that he's like you know, uh, basically brought other people down with him and they decided to be mean to him. So he just fed them to his rats, <laughs> which he is about to do to Dana before right, uh, Terry right. intercedes. And, and, so, you know, it, it, it's kind of at the last minute you learn he's a piece of shit and then he dies. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things that's well, really weird about this to me. Is arguably, like, to be fair, he's also kidnapping people and not letting them escape. He's already kind of a piece of shit. I mean, I guess. Yes. But, but what's weird about this episode is like, I swear to God, the first like 75% of it at least is like, you know, this character introducing himself and it's a Phantom of the Opera situation where he knows he's deformed and he's, you know, shy and sad and you can kind of like feel for him. And mm-hmm. it's clear that the show is pointing you towards feeling for him, even if what he's doing is clearly wrong. Like he's sympathetic. And then right yeah. at the end, he's like, oh, by the way, I've killed a bunch of people. And then he fucking explodes. <laughs> Yeah, like, well, you know, wh- what? I don't hate um I don't hate that they did that, that they kind of trick you with it a little bit cuz yeah, like he is sympathetic in that regard and that he's so lonely and dejected. But then like he you could tell he's kind of you, you like slowly find out he's kind of turned insane. Like he started feeding people to his rats and stuff. Uh I didn't really have a problem with that twist. I thought it was like uh, but it is kind of cheap to just be like, see, but he's like more evil than you think. Like we, it's like they backtrack the sympathy to yeah, justify killing him. I mean, that that's the thing that makes it weird to me is just yeah. that they happen so quickly. And again, I, I don't necessarily mind the twist that like, oh, you were sympathetic for him, but actually he's a bad person. That's an okay twist. I like that twist. It just it comes out of basically nowhere it feels like and then he just dies unceremoniously and it's like yep yeah. guess he deserved it <laughs> i would have been maybe interested in seeing another episode with him although i don't know where else he yeah necessarily i, I go, don't except, really like, know <laughs> he controls I'm, more rats yeah and like also, frankly like, i'm okay with this being the only episode with him it just seems yeah. weird to me 
Well, and like considering he stalked Dana, like having him still be around and still potentially stalking her would be pretty bad. Like that'd be probably something that yeah, people that would want to like, think about. And it's just like, yeah, it's like, well, if this villain's still around, he's gonna be back. Like, no, okay, let's blow him up. <laughs> um, I f- totally forgot about one cool thing about this episode, which is Batman uh, on his ne- on the date that Dana gets kidnapped, where he's like. It's his redemption date of like, oh, I sorry, I blew you off. Then he gets pulled into action one more time against Mad Stan. <laughs> this, Mad Stan like, is great. <laughs> this throwaway character, yeah, the, the the throwaway villain that's like, oh, he's back in the jail. You got to go stop him now. And he's just fucking awesome. <laughs> he's just this like huge, <laughs> this like big dude who's just really pissed and loves like bombs and has like a yeah. bunch of remote mines from <laughs> it's like a sticky mines from Goldeneye and <laughs> he at one point sticks one to uh Batman's face yeah which, which is, is fucking pretty awesome. great he's also voiced by Henry Rollins of Black Flag which is kind of fun yeah, which is fucking um, awesome because he just seems like he seems like just like a raging like punk rocker guy too yeah ba- basically <laughs> that's what he like he's super angry and he's just random about shit and like there's one and his point only solution where, is to blow it up yeah right and he's trying to blow up like a library also for the like it's not even right. anything that makes a lot of sense to blow up uh and it's pretty funny there's a point where he's like attacking batman and bruce over the you know radio is like be careful he can't be stopped when he's uh, like ranting about something <laughs> Yeah, and I like to think that that's a legit power that he has. <laughs> yeah, like he's like Juggernaut, but only when he's pissed off about the government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> so, what was your least favorite episode? Uh, mine was season two, episode thirteen. Terry's friend dates a robot. Uh, this episode <laughs> the title that had us all going. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> uh, this episode's pretty much what it says on the tin, as you would expect. Uh, basically. <laughs> Terry is training as Batman against like robots of a bunch of uh, Bruce Wayne's former, you know, rogues gallery, and he kicks the fucking head off of the killer croc robot. So he has to get the robot replaced and enter his friend Howard, who is this yeah. like nerdy guy who wants to be real cool. And so he's inviting all these people to his totally rad party, but no one wants, none of the cool kids want to go, obviously. Yeah. Uh, he ends up taking a ride with Terry and they go to the robot factory. And then Howard stumbles across this incredibly skeevy looking dude who's yeah. just basically making sex spots for people. Uh, <sighs> and so Howard buys one. And the rest of the episode is Howard dealing with this uh, synthoid woman named cynthia who has been programmed to be totally 100 percent like loyal to him and as a result she tries to uh kill a couple of people yeah like anyone who's like shitty to him which is a lot of well, people <laughs> anyone who's shitty to him or who is affectionate towards him because oh, yeah there's a point where another girl hits on him and she's like gotta get rid of this bitch yeah and it's just like I, I gotta be honest, I don't like Howard that much. He's just kind of weird. Like he's a pretty believable high school character. Yes, he in is. fairness, <laughs> I was gonna say I, I knew a lot of people like him, <laughs> but he's also fucking terrible. Like <laughs> he he explicitly wants to get a hot girlfriend so that he'll be accepted by the cool kids. Yeah, and then right. once Cynthia starts like freaking out, literally he's like, "Oh, we can just." 
uh, reprogram you so that you're okay with me being with other women. <laughs> and oh my God, there's yeah. something gross about that in general, but, but, you know, pretty believable for like a shitty high schooler also. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The, the thing though, like that's not really enough. That's just kind of a weird thing. Uh, the, the thing about this episode is it's very emblematic of the, like about half of these episodes, which is entirely high school focused episodes that basically boil down to one of Terry's friends has a problem that Batman needs to solve. Yeah. And generally it's just not that interesting to me. Like, I don't know this one. It's just like, oh, no, this crazy robot that Batman has to stop. This and one's very, like, it's 80s like, teen right, movie. I guess. Though. Yeah, totally. It, I mean... It, it how, it, that's, like, actually... Like, I, I think that's one of the finer points of this episode is how, like, <laughs> very teen movie tropey it gets. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, and... It ends with his house exploding, and then his parents come home. <laughs> like, yeah, which perfect. is honestly pretty awesome. It's yeah. it's very funny that his party is a total hit, in part because he accidentally <laughs> explodes his own house. Yeah. And then everyone's like, you know what? That was an awesome party, Howard. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this feels like a fucking 80s movie, and I kind of love it. <laughs> it's like, you know what? But you are cool, because you, you blew right. up your own house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, overall, it's not a bad episode, really, and it's definitely got its highlights, but it's also emblematic of the trend in this season that I don't like very much. Mm -hmm. What was your honorable mention? My honorable mention was episode four, Lost Soul. Uh, this is a pretty cool episode where it's like it, it starts in the past and like this big tech mogul is dying and he has his uh, personality like converted into a computer uh or converting to a computer program as it's like that was his major field and stuff and so he's like made into this computer program and he like talks to people but then they like basically kind of shut him down and ignore him as the company continues to be run through like the next 50 years or so and uh his grandson shows up after his son dies and his grandson's just kind of like hey i'm asking you for uh, help to run the company and you kind of tell like the ai is like maybe kind of <laughs> losing it a little from being ignored for 50 years. <laughs> and he, uh, you know, then begins to run rampant as he's introduced back into like the net of, you know, new Gotham. Uh, he right. ends up downloading himself into the bat suit and completely takes control of it while Terry's inside. So you got all these like crazy moments where he, just walks into the ocean to try and <laughs> drown Terry. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> because, great scene, actually. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And, like, they constantly have to, like, hack, I guess, and to try and prevent uh, or, or get Vance, like, out of the system of the uh, of the suit. And how this all culminates is in this, like, battle, um, this battle of, like, Terry in, like, with all the old Batman gear fighting against the new high-tech Batsuit that's being completely controlled by Vance. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome. It's, like, such a cool little thing where you see, like, Terry gets, like, a part of Nightwing's costume and he's got, like, uh, all these different, like, old Batman gadgets, the old Batman utility belt and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, and in a t-shirt and jeans with the Domino mask yeah. and utility belt. And it's such, it's such a cool, uh, such a cool concept to just have, like, all the old versus new mm -hmm. and, uh, I also I really like uh, that the AI is like kind of a normal old man voice because it makes it more sinister to me. It reminds me of uh, 
the video game based on the Harlan Ellison story, uh, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, a very creepy adventure game. And Harlan Ellison actually does the voice of the supercomputer that completely dominates the world, uh, Am. And it's, like, extra creepy that it's, like, this angry old man as the voice of this, like, omnipotent god supercomputer. Like, something about it is, like, really chilling in a way that's I found really awesome. And it, this reminded me of that, and I was kind of just happy about it. Uh, we get, like, a crazy scene at the end where... Uh, <laughs> where Vance completely breaks down and, like, reverts to being a baby and then, like, melts away. <laughs> yeah, right. Crazy shit. Yeah, it's it's basically a take on the classic, like, Hell 9000 scene from 2001 oh, yeah. A Space Odyssey. Um, oh, okay. I still haven't seen that movie. I probably should. Yeah, it's, it's like a classic. <laughs> yeah, man. Well... Uh yeah, I, I was really happy with this episode. Uh, I, I like this episode too quite a bit. I think that something you fa- forgot to mention that I really enjoy is that the face of Vance on the computer screen is just this weird, like kind of skull looking face, but yeah. with like eyelids. Like it kind of reminds me of like a light tech really... kind of face you would see on like an Atari game or something. But yeah, like, right, you right. Know, a little bumped up but yeah it, it, it's and that's that's got its own like fun like creepy ambiance to it yeah right the the visual design of his ai avatar i guess is quite cool yeah my, my honorable mention is season two episode five hidden agenda uh this is the episode with the introduction of max which uh, i talked about at the top of the episode and basically the plot line is that she scores like a perfect score on the GAT and this, you know, jock slash super smart kid who's trying to be valedictorian named Carter Wilson is super jealous of it. And it turns out that Carter has a double life as the leader of a small gang of jokers. And he decides, oh, well, I'm just going to kill Max because, you know, she's scoring higher on this test than me. Yeah. Uh, and, like generally speaking the reason i like this episode is it's fine like it's not great but i think it's probably the best melding of the high school stuff and the batman stuff Mm -hmm. like it doesn't feel like one or the other which a lot of the other episodes do to me um so that's cool and also to be honest i like that max figures out that terry is batman on her own like yeah there's no reveal of him being Batman to her, really. She kind of figures she it out. She comes at him with it, too. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Like, it, it puts Terry in an interesting position, and also, like, it's just a cool little thing where she's more believable as kind of a sidekick operator now, because clearly she knows her shit. Like, she figured out yeah. his secret. It makes sense that she would be able to, you know, run mission control, I guess, which is basically what she does now. Yeah, and I I like how she can uh she's like someone Terry can talk to about the struggle of <laughs> trying to balance being a teenager and having this crazy double life. Whereas yeah, like, right, right. It's something that that uh Bruce wouldn't be quite as uh <laughs> sympathetic or sympathetic able about, to deal yeah. with probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no, that that's another cool thing is that she she gives Terry like a confidant to yeah. talk about being Batman and uh also like his problems with Dana, etc. And she can actually give him advice that's like useful. 
Yeah, she actually covers um, for him when he's like busy because of Batman shit. Yeah, like, right, oh, right. he was helping me uh, babysit my sister. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I I think Max is a pretty good addition to the show generally. Yeah. I know she's a kind of controversial character. Apparently, about half the writing staff really disliked her. Really? Huh. Yeah. Uh, and like she she is maybe a little overbearing in this season. Like she gets toned down a little bit in season three i think but mm, yeah i i think she's a good addition generally yeah like I it's like nice that. for terry to have a friend that he can talk to about this stuff yeah instead yeah. of it you know just being bruce as we've said already like five times so instead of saying that again uh let's go to the break when we get back we're going to talk about what we thought about these 13 episodes overall uh talk about the bet and then what we're going to be watching next week Information overload, man. As a society, we're drowning in a quagmire of vid clips, email, and sound Batman Beyond will return in a moment. Hey there, everybody. Michael, just coming from the safety of my recording studio, a.k.a. the Ghost Ship Absolution, a.k.a. my tiny apartment. Uh, to give you some information about the episode that you may or may not already know. Our opening and closing music is, as always, Vapor Diving, and the music for the bumpers is Monkeys. Both of these tracks are by Anitech, that is A-N-I-T-E-K. You can find more of their music on SoundCloud. Rights were secured through Jamendo. Our next full episode will release May 6th, and tune in next week for something a little different. That's right, I'm not going to tell you what it is right now. You're just going to have to listen to the rest of the episode to find it out. I'm going to give you a hint. It involves Aquaman. As always, you can submit a topic or show suggestion for our minisodes via DM on facebook.com slash hbpod, twitter at hbpod, or you can email us at hyperspacebroadcastpod at gmail.com. We can't absorb it all. There's only one sane solution. Uh, blow it up! And now, back to Batman Beyond. And we're back. Peter, what did you think about this block of episodes? I thought it was fun. Um, I think at first I was like a little, uh, maybe a little skeptical of just returning back into Batman, which... I kind of feel like always happens whenever I jump back into either <laughs> yeah, a, ba- like you a Batman show. Yeah, you've said that a lot lately. Yeah. I was with, uh, like, anytime we watch Batman the Animated Series, I was always kind of reluctant to go back to it, usually because a lot of those we watched in, like, pretty big chunks. And yeah, that's that's true. The original kind of Batman, s- we were watching, like, what, like, had to be 13 episodes a week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And Which you, is and crazy like, to think about now considering how much our production and, schedules scaled back. And when you watch and when you watch that much at once too, you kind of start to see like see some of the things in common that every episode has and kind of yeah, it sure. kind of becomes like uh, you know, I, I harder to get surprised by an episode. Sure, yeah. You can uh, see the pattern this, though, basically. Yeah, you see the patterns. Uh, in this though, I don't know. Like, I it, it definitely won me over again, and um, 
you know, it, it's it's been it, these are tough times. So it's you know, I've been thinking about a lot of shit, and sometimes I'm not. I come home and I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want to watch Batman Beyond. I don't know if I want to watch X, Y, or Z. But uh, yeah, this show is definitely good enough to like win me over and hook me back in, and I'm actually excited to watch more. And so. You know, I, I didn't really have – I know you mentioned you had some issues with, like, the more school-focused episodes. Uh, personally, it didn't bother me that much. I mean, I like – it does – some of the episodes, they do tend to get away from the more, like, fun investigative aspects or, like, the villains. If it's, like, too – they can be too focused on high school sometimes for sure. Yeah, right, right. Um, <laughs> sometimes to a fun effect, but even so – like, with the – Terry dating a robot or whatever the fuck. Yeah, Terry's friend. It's a robot. Terry's friend. Uh, but still, yeah, it, you know, you get to high school and it's like, I, I'm not really here to see a teen drama all that much. I, I like a little bit of it, though. I like the little balance. Yeah, right. Well, and and that's where, the like, when I was thinking about this, the, the place where I finally decided to settle is, like, I like the the high school stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I like Terry and Dana interacting. I like Terry and Max interacting. I like the high school, like, teen drama stuff. I can get into that. The problem that I have more is that, like, a lot of these episodes that feature the high school stuff more prominently are just, I mean, as I said earlier, it's it's Terry's friend of the week uh, has a problem that Batman needs to solve. And that friend is never again referred to or has been beforehand. Like they, they just pop in for this one thing and then they're gone. And like, I enjoy the interactions between the established characters because we can see how their relationships are changing and you can get some of that relationship drama in there. But when it's a character who isn't established and never shows up again, like all they're there for is the plot of the episode. And so I just have trouble caring as much. I don't know. And like, yeah, it's, it's not as big a deal for me when it's like a villain that only shows up for one episode, because usually there's, you know, more to it. It feels more fantastical. It doesn't feel like I'm just watching a kind of weird high school drama that Batman happens to be in. Yeah. I guess like, I, 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 you know, and, and again, I, I like the, the high school stuff when it's in concert with the Batman stuff, but not when it overtakes it. It's like when the balance is more of like a sailor moon balance, say I enjoy <laughs> it generally, but I would not particularly enjoy an episode of sailor moon where there was like no magic stuff at all. Actually, I probably would like yeah, that. We probably but... like that a lot because <laughs> the magic stuff is where all the shitty repetition happens. In <laughs> yeah, Moon. yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, it, you know, apples that's and oranges, mean, certainly. Uh, and and if it was an episode of Sailor Moon where it was just like, here's Serena's random friend, and they have this problem, and Which Sailor Moon did. needs to solve it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, they did. Again, like I know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God. It's apples and oranges. I don't even want to think about Sailor Moon right now. <laughs> okay. Did, did, did something why. happen? I, like, I don't hate it, but like, I just I imagine watching it right now, and I'm like, I just am not in the mood to watch that show. I mean, sure. <laughs> something about it, man. Well, there were definitely well, some diminishing returns with that show. <laughs> yes, that's, that is very true. Uh, but, you know, overall, like, I think it's 
maybe not quite up to the quality of season one. I think actually the other thing about focusing more on high school stuff that I don't like very much is season one had a lot of like corporate intrigue and stuff and it felt very cyberpunk as a result of that yeah yeah and that's just gone now that's not there and the high school stuff does not replace it very well like i mentioned yeah powers hasn't shown up at all guess what powers never shows up again oh so he's permadead he's permadead which is crazy because he's I mean, so well established in the first season yeah and then when he dies they're like he's not dead everybody he's not oh, really i mean I, basically I yeah <laughs> they're like oh, we man. didn't find the body and then he just never shows up again it's like what the hell are you doing <laughs> why doesn't he like he was a bit overbearing in season one but yeah. just not having him is bizarre yeah to me. that is that's a like, wild <laughs> wild swing back on that because it, it, it feels just like the refocus focuses on something that i that makes it feel like less of a unique show i think okay, that's the real yeah. problem i could see that i i would wonder if uh if they were told to make things more high school focused too uh, i mean production. yes wouldn't be surprised like, <laughs> my understanding is yes that's exactly what happened is that uh, a high school you know, focus was requested, and so they yeah. did it. Um, I'd say it's still like to me, it's still like roughly equivalent to season one. Like maybe not quite as good, but uh, yeah, the cyberpunky aspect is, is really neat, and I do miss that. Yeah, the corporate intrigue yeah. was pretty cool, and and there's still some cyberpunk stuff. Definitely, it's just course, like yeah. I, I don't know for some reason the first like two or three episodes just kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and then yeah. since then I feel like the show's been like recovering. <laughs> And it's again, it's not bad. I just think it's like slightly less good. Yeah, uh, but well, it's still pretty fun. Let's talk about the results of our bet. Uh, yeah, so they certainly used five, uh, you know, over five what different slang terms, not different yeah, slang right. terms, but like the, the, five. There was a lot of future slang in future one episode slang. in particular. Now, what's weird is usually I don't really like talking about the like ins and outs of the bet because I don't think it's super interesting but it is funny that there's an episode that is entirely about a gang of jokers and there's yeah. not one fucking future slang term in the entire episode <laughs> by my count i was like how is that even possible yeah yeah but instead you know it's it's people it's like oh man it really blipped you huh <laughs> like, yeah right right it's having a real spiz fit spiz fits probably the best spiz so far is, yeah uh yeah so that means i won uh, which means Zip that the lip twip, by the way, <laughs> yeah, that's a, a great little great rhyme. Example. Uh, so I think for our next block, the bet is going to be, uh, how many times does Bruce Wayne specifically interrupt Terry's social life? Obviously yeah. Terry is having trouble juggling being Batman and being a high schooler. And uh, also Bruce is not the most understanding uh, taskmaster. <laughs> yeah. So this happens quite a bit and uh I don't know. I think it would be fun to count basically. Yeah. Try and guess how many times per block that uh somebody yeah, like specifically over the course interrupts of the 13 episodes. Interrupts Terry's plans or events. Uh events that are currently happening in his life like there's a lot of times he gets called in the middle of like i don't know watching a fucking baseball game or some shit and yeah, like, oh, yeah right go. right like or just hanging out with dana after school it's like oh yeah. wait bruce is calling gotta go so i think i will say 
It's oh, that's tough. I don't know. I'll do like uh, six, six times. Ooh, I'm gonna go with five. Okay, there you uh, go. Price is right in me. I get it. Yeah, right, right. But I mean, not by that much. <laughs> I could go <laughs> one. That would be true. Price is right in based on how we do things. But yeah, it, we <laughs> don't. It, it, it doesn't matter. None yeah, of this, this matters. Sense. Okay, <laughs> the rules of the bets are irrelevant and not entertaining. <laughs> That's very uh, true. So, so yeah, that's I, our I'm, next bet. Uh, it's probably it'll probably happen more than seven times. But. Yeah, quite possibly. We'll see what happens. Bruce yeah. is Bruce interrupts a lot of people's lives at the most inopportune times. Well, so next week you can catch our new mini sode, and we're going to be watching <laughs> the unaired Aquaman pilot from two thousand six. Yeah, a so- rare live action departure for us and i am uh excited after watching that trailer lots yes. of very like lincoln park sound alike music with some bad cg bad cg the trailer is very 2006 it, oh, it very yeah. much seemed to me like all right let's do the oc but like aquaman's in there <laughs> yeah, exactly. and i'm very curious to see what that's like i i do want to say also the origin story of me even finding this existed because i did not know it was a thing <laughs> yeah. before like an hour prior to recording uh is that I've seen a couple times we have DC universe online. That's how we're watching this stuff. And a couple of times I've seen that they have like shorts and I was like, Oh, watching some shorts might be fun for a mini sode and scrolling through all the shorts. For some reason, they just have the Aquaman pilot listed <laughs> and yeah. Oh boy. The, the thumbnail is just like the most generic blonde white guy who's ripped standing waist deep in water it looks like it has nothing to do with Aquaman. Yeah, it looks and, great. Yeah, I'm very excited to watch this show because I don't know, maybe it'll be good, but probably not. Yeah, I love I love clowning on anything live action too. Something something yeah, special right, about right. it. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. But uh, reboot Guardian we'll, Coast we'll season three. God damn it. Like, <laughs> uh, so, and obviously, the week after that, we will be returning to Batman Beyond with part. Uh, yeah, well, two part two of, of season, season two, two. <laughs> part three of our coverage. Right, so we got some fun stuff coming up. Uh, obviously, the Aquaman pilot's going to be weird as hell, and finishing season two is, among other things, there's like a there's an episode that's basically just a pilot for a spinoff series. Oh yeah, <laughs> so that'll be fun. Uh, but we'll be watching that next week. Until then, I'm Michael Doak, and I'm Peter Eby. And be sure to revisit us next week for the unaired 2006 Aquaman live-action pilot. Can't wait. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really do appreciate it. If you want more of our content, follow us over at facebook.com slash hbpod and twitter at hbpod, where we post uh, additional stuff related to what we've been watching, usually video clips, uh, occasionally other esoteric crap. One time we posted a recipe for pineapple salad, if I remember correctly. Uh, R.I.P. Roy Foker. Uh, Anyway, you know, it's a great way to get in contact with us if you feel so inclined. Uh, Also, you can, of course, subscribe via iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it is now. Uh, Pretty much any podcatching app that you happen to use will probably have us on there. So if you subscribe, that would be awesome. And if you feel like being extra awesome, you could even leave a review. 
that helps us find new listeners and we super appreciate it so you know if you feel if you feel up to that uh please do we i i would love you forever be sure to revisit us next week for aquaman the tv pilot and thank you again so much for listening stay safe out there folks